Hey friends, welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's faithfully at work in our mess. I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this Conversation Style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. And today I have a good friend and co-host joining me. Whitney Reed was actually on episode three, sharing her own unexpected journey with anxiety and hope. And this was back in the early days when she had to be extra brave to trust me with her story. Y'all, The Messy Table is partnered with our church, Life Church, and our sister's ministry, as well as the incredible women from all over who willingly offer their powerful stories and unique perspectives so that we might glean from their learned wisdom. We're also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app, the timeless Word of God combined with modern convenience, which is literally in our pockets, y'all, wherever we go. If you don't already have that downloaded to your phone, now is your moment. While you're at it, you can subscribe to The Messy Table in Apple Podcasts or Google Play, all of which are absolutely free. Well, as you already know, there is power in sharing our stories. Stories make up the lives of each and every one of us, including me, including you. Unfortunately, most of these stories go untold, unshared. But here at The Messy Table, we get the opportunity to intentionally divulge some of these stories, stories we might not get the chance to hear otherwise, stories that offer a fresh breath of encouragement and a glimpse into God's faithfulness. Like 2 Corinthians 4.13, we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. Really, it's as simple as that. Well, in a magical land far, far away, storybook fairy tales are sprinkled with dreamy filters and cotton candy perfection. But real life and real stories are much messier and way less polished, full of complexity and unmet expectations, but also raw, unfiltered joy. Guys, this week happens to be Mother's Day week, and with that comes an array of emotions. Maybe you're a mom and love your kids more than anything, but motherhood certainly has not been quite what you expected. Or maybe you've had immense trouble getting pregnant and you're in a season of desperate prayer and waiting. Or maybe carrying a baby hasn't been as picturesque as you anticipated as you hug the toilet for the fifth time today. Maybe raising your actual children and the daily grind that comes with school and work and managing schedules and laundry and dishes is just overwhelming. Or maybe that's not your season or story at all, but it's something else, something unexpected. Life has snuck up on you and the demands feel ruthless. The pretty squares on Instagram don't quite match the anxiety that's crept beneath the surface. Everyone else seems all shiny and successful, but you feel buried in stress. Whatever it is for you, one thing is certain, it's not what you expected. Well, our guest for episode 55 is my friend and Whitney's sister-in-law, Marlissa Sheffield. Marlissa is a darling wife and active mama of two who's always loved movement, who's danced her entire life. She was on the Palm Squad at Oklahoma State University, who loves to hustle and loves the outdoors, who's always moving and grooving in her career as a dental hygienist. But when it came time for her first child to be delivered, she walked into that hospital with great expectation, but to her surprise and everyone else's, she could not walk out. Due to a rare series of events, Marlissa's legs were left paralyzed. Thankfully, this condition did not last forever, but it was a long, grueling process to recovery. Now, not only has this experience shifted her perspective, but it can give us fresh eyes and fresh hope as well. 
So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Whitney and me as we chat with Marlissa. Well, today I have two friends here with me who happen to be sister-in-laws, Whitney Reed. Hi, Whit. Hey, Jen. Who <laughs> was on episode number three. So she's in the medical field. She's a PA. And she talked about her own journey with anxiety. And it was so good. And honestly, it's been one of the most listen to episodes and one that I still have people listening to over and over again. There's been times I've even pulled it up and listened to it to remind myself just Mm -hmm. of how far God's brought me. And then today in the hot seat, we have Marlissa. I want to say Reed because... I still have her on my phone as Marlissa Reed. Good. Marlissa Sheffield. <laughs> hi, Jen. So, hi. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I've known you since, well, how long have you guys known each other? Chad and I have been married 15 years in June. And so two and a half years prior to that. So like 17 and a half years. Yes. Crazy. And so I met you. I'm trying to think. You guys were in college. Right. Yeah, you were in high school. Yeah, so I was fun. in high school. I know. Yeah. And you're just this awesome girl. And you're my dental hygienist, oh, yes. too, which is awesome. <laughs> Thank you for the shout out. Well, you know, my teeth, <laughs> even though they are a money pit. <laughs> and then Derek goes to the dentist once every like 20 years. Hey, he's been committed lately. He has been committed. <laughs> and he's never had a cavity in his life. Oh. Makes me furious. It's the way the cookie crumbles mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. for sure. Marlissa works with her brother, yes. who's a dentist. And now we all live next door to each other, too. <laughs> Should I even divulge that? I love it. I love it. It's so... So if you didn't think we're weird, now you do. And we, and we go to the <laughs> same church. start with that. <laughs> yep. You guys are at Life Church Broken Arrow. We did draw the line with life group, though. We do have our own yes. individual life groups. Yeah. <laughs> so that there's some kind of separation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, so we want to know all about you. Give us a little snapshot into your life, who you are, what you're all about. Okay, well, my name is Marlissa. As you said, my husband is Bo Sheffield. We've been married now going on nine years, which I do not feel like I'm old enough to say that I've almost been married nine years now. We have two kiddos. I have a four-year-old little boy named Braxton and a... 17-month-old little girl named Reese. And they're so cute. Well, they're funny. I love that you named her Reese because that was our second name for Hallie that oh, we were deciding between. I did on the way to the hospital. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, legit. Did you have another name we, or no, did you just not decide? No, Bo and I could not come up with the name and my water broke and we were on our way and I said, how about Reese Monroe? Yes. And, and Monroe he didn't really respond. Was what, your grandpa's? So that's like a generational name okay. on the Reed side. That's so it's right. my brother's middle name, my dad's middle name, my so grandpa. Paul, my great-grandpa. And then by day, I'm a dental hygienist. And like you mentioned earlier, I work for my brother, Dr. Reed. And she's the best one and, ever. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So that's what I do for a living. And I enjoy it. What else? We live out in the country. We love that. My sister-in-law is my neighbor. We tell our kids 24-7 that they don't know how lucky they are because um, they are always getting to play and be together. It's awesome. That's mm-hmm. the best part about the whole thing. It is. And then maybe dominoes on yeah, Friday, Friday night. night dominoes. Ladies are winning <laughs> yep. right now. But We're up oh. right now. So you keep an ongoing record. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yes. And so. Well, and your kids have a little playhouse between your yes, properties, for right? Yes, Christmas, their poppy and daddies built them a tree house. So, so fun. And it's it literally almost right in between our two houses. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. It's super cute. Yeah, I went and Braxton called me in to 
surprising the girls and cleaning it the other day. And there's what a man right there. (laughs) Four year old man. And and decorate it for Easter. (laughs) He's surrounded by girls. That's a winner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Somebody will mm-hmm. be lucky someday. So we it had like ten, literally like 10 pounds of dirt in there. Oh, <laughs> it's unbelievable so. what they drag in that thing. <laughs> yeah. It's quite interesting. So that's about it. We love being outside. We love going to the lake. Yeah. So you're a working mama and wit. you're I a working am. mama and we have a ton of working mamas who listen to this podcast. And so tell us, do you have any tricks of the trade that you've figured out that help you survive <laughs> a little better? Some weeks you survive and some, you know, <laughs> Definitely. sometimes it's pretty and sometimes it's not. Um, I think probably my biggest tip or what keeps me sane the most is just trying to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. if I can stay a step ahead, mm-hmm. then I don't lose my marbles and everybody else remains a course. Sometimes that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but sometimes it does. So that is what probably helps me the most. Yeah. Whatever that may be, whether right. I, I'm not packing lunches yet, but you know, mm-hmm. clothes and all the things. And mm-hmm. so just I don't thinking know if I just it. wake up. Yeah. If I wake up and I just thought about it, I literally mm-hmm. about like my head about spin. So mm-hmm. Sunday's kind of that's yeah, prep probably day. both of our day. Like mm-hmm. I do meal prep for Monday, Tuesday. Nice. And then try to have the laundry done and just get everything just try ready. To have everything yeah. ready for the week. Mm-hmm. And it does make your week a lot smoother. That's a good idea. That and one thing recently I feel like I'm trying to get better about is taking care of myself. Step away. Mm-hmm. You've got to find the time. To. Mm-hmm. So when whatever you, it may look like. Yeah, what does it look like for you? Um it just depends. I well this weekend we got some time away my mom and so two we years got, yeah <laughs> we haven't the we kids. went shopping just us and you forget how important it is to do that to do it for us to do it for my mom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know and then you come back refreshed yeah you're better like mm-hmm. okay I'm ready to be a mom again yeah I think a working mom too there's that guilt because you do work and we're both Marlis and I are fortunate to only work part-time mm-hmm. but I do think there's that guilt of then when you work and then you want to go take time away for yourself oh you feel but you've already been because gone. you've already been gone mm-hmm. you know and for me now that my kids are getting older and we have activities and we have homework and we have projects and packing lunches all the things I actually think it's starting to get harder mm-hmm. as they get older than it was in those little bitty years mm-hmm. but um, we're just managing family we both could not do it without family help. a village the village for sure. mm-hmm. find a village create a village because mm-hmm. you can't do it by yourself Mm-mm. it's so true I was talking to someone the other day who has like a four-month-old and she was just talking about how she didn't realize it was going to be so hard and oh my gosh I remember that mm-hmm. feeling at that age mm-hmm. so I'm by no means knocking how she feels because I remember that mm-hmm. but like you said I feel like as they get older it's just a different hard it is they get easier yes yeah, like they can wipe themselves yes, and shower they by themselves get and put their shoes on by yes. themselves. Yes. I think seasons too, you're going to have seasons, you know, where you, for me, I try to work out, but I just finally conceded that I'm not going to get in more than two days a week. So I do like yeah. two beast mode workouts a week and that's all I can beast do. Beast mode. They're hard. They're awful. But <laughs> that's it. I do two hours. Little <laughs> two tiny hours. petite thing. Yeah. So, you know, it used to be like I had to get in three to four days a week and it was just mm-hmm. stressful. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, 
I can do two really hard workouts a week and that's what I'm going to get in. That's good though. I'm an expectations girl. So if I expect, here's what I'm going to get done, or I know Mm -hmm. even that something's going to be hard and I know it's coming, it's the things that Mm -hmm. are surprising that kind of throw me off. Yes. That are harder. Me too. I feel like motherhood makes you better about that too. Like I'll wake up and be like, okay, there's 10 things I'd really like to do today. Right. But let's pick one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So true. (laughs) And let's get that done. And then I'll at least feel like I've checked it and then be there, you know? No, I totally, I'm with you. All right. So you got married and several years later you got pregnant. Yes. Woohoo. Yay. And you're pregnant with a son. Yes. And your pregnancy was great, right? Yeah, it was except, you know, the usual normal stuff, (laughs) you know, swollen ankles and such, but yeah, it was, I couldn't have asked for a better pregnancy. So pregnancy's good. Your nursery's ready. And then your story takes a turn. Yes. So what happened? So it was July 4th and we decided to induce. Um, my son was measuring huge. <laughs> it's funny now because he's still a little huge, tall. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, like my Jack. Yeah. Off the charts. Yes. Always. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we went to my brother and sister-in-law's and decided I tried to push to go to the lake on the 4th and the doctor explained that one. When you said I tried so, to push, I know, like, <laughs> push it out. I was like, wait, hold on. No, what? hold on. No, I really want to go to the lake yes. for July 4th. And yeah. he was like, that's a no. It's too far away. Let's induce. And so the family conceded and we just did 4th of July here and celebrated. And then that evening I went in to be induced and they started the induction process. And then, so that was the evening of the 4th and then the 5th. Braxton was born. It was a long, long labor. And parts of that, I think, were scarier than I um, really know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, you know, that to me is kind of an out-of-body experience type thing, especially your first go around with it. And so, but I was okay. Braxton was great. And he was here. Mm -hmm. She was probably actively pushing. Uh, I bet Three hours? Yeah. I mean, oh, he, he was, his head was huge. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he had a big he head. He didn't do his Not moment. abnormal for his body. He just had a big he, head. He didn't he do his moment any favors. Yes. <laughs> right. And so I think, well, I had a C-section, so <laughs> mine had a big head, but you know. Yeah. So initially, like after I survived actually getting him here, everybody thought everything was great. Yeah. Um, key new, part, I should say mama. I had an epidural. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, you're still sitting there in bed and, and let me say this, Marlissa is probably tougher than a lot of most people. Yes. I just, she's very tough. And so I think too, that she pushed through what a lot of women would have said, like, I'm done. I can mm-hmm. see, mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. Right. Um, so then, you know, kind of the the calm after the storm, you're holding your baby and everybody's seen him and kind of most people, family, everybody's kind of left at that point. It was Mm -hmm. pretty late at night and the nurse comes in. And so it's just my husband and I and our new baby. And she says, okay, honey, you know, typical routine. It's time. Let's, let's get you up. We need to get you up, get you to the bathroom, you know? And I'm like, okay. I said, man, I don't really feel my legs right now. So I'm not sure, not sure about getting me up. And I think both since my anxiety about it. And so he kind of came over closer to the bed and he was holding Braxton at the time. And so she gets me out of bed and tries to get me up and I fall face first on the ground. Gosh. And Bo lovingly probably tries to throw our new brand new baby in the 
plastic thing, you know, (laughs) and help the lady get me back up. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. So she gets me back in the bed after picking me up, her and Bo picking me up off the ground. And she's like, okay, well, um, (laughs) that's different. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, sometimes I just take a little longer. And I was like, okay, you know, it's like, I I just still feel really numb. And she's like, okay, nothing to worry about. And puts me back in bed and night goes on. I have a new baby. So, you know, nobody's sleeping. We're up all night. That was night one in the hospital. And then the next day they're like, okay, let's get you up again. And same thing. I was like, I cannot feel my legs. By that time, we've all think everybody's slowly thinking what in the world is going on. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, everybody said the panic button. My family, my husband, myself, I'm like, this is not normal. Mm -hmm. Like two days after having a baby and I'm still laying in bed and can't feel my legs. And so my family um, were huge advocates and... So they're pushing, like, we need to do this. My sister-in-law obviously is here in the medical field. She's like, we need an MRI. Oh, I bet we, she was. Oh, I yeah. Fiery Whitney came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was so frustrating was that the doctor comes in. I've never seen this. I mean, people were like, we've never seen this. Well, I mean, you've got a mother who's just had her very first baby, and you're looking at her and telling her you don't have a clue why she can't walk. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say I've not seen this, but we're going to figure it out. You know, we're going to find solutions, you know, this, just encouragement. Because here, hormones are already over the, all over yeah, the place, you're you know. wreck anyway. I mean, and then you would, I would hear, and not in a bad way, you know, just trying to do their job, but people would come in and check on me and then leave and you would hear them talking about me right outside the door, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, this is not good. So finally, we get an MRI scheduled, which was that. I've lost track of the days. I feel like you're in there in eternity. Yeah, I was. I feel like it wasn't until day two or three. Yeah. So I've laid in bed, nothing, nobody knows, just feeling like a total freak show, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. And finally, we get an MRI. So they're going to take me down an MRI, which um, nobody probably knows this, but I was really scared because I was by myself. Mm -hmm. And those are scary anyways. And the MRI, you know, is down in the dungeon, typically, I think, in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And nowhere near the maternity ward where people have babies. So the strange person I don't know takes me by myself. I leave my family. And so those things are terrifying in themselves. And they put you in the hole, you know. And I'm I'm a wreck, Mm -hmm. scared. And through the whole thing, I felt like I... I'd held it kind of together mm-hmm. until that point, And I got by myself and I was in that thing. And it sounds like it's, you know, crashing down <laughs> on you. And I just, the whole time was just praying like, Lord, like, just give me a sign that I'm going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I felt anything in my legs was when I was in there. And I thought, oh my gosh, okay. Mm-hmm. Something is happening. The Lord's with me. I'm going to get through this. And I was gone forever. They were panicking. <laughs> My family didn't, like, literally it took forever. They left me in the hallway. She was texting me. Yeah. <laughs> probably was. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I get back, and it didn't take them that long, but the MRI came back, and they were like, everything's fine. And anesthesia, she can explain that so anesthesia came in, and they actually had it right from the get-go. The only yeah. people that actually had an idea of what was going on was the anesthesiologist in there. The physical therapist didn't. The OBGYN didn't. The nurses didn't. Oh, the neurologist. That <clears throat> was... Neurologist came in and consulted. Mm-hmm. He 
he told me I was crazy. Yeah. Told her it was in her head. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. That wasn't a pretty moment. I would like (laughs) to say that the Lord used me to... Be nice, and I, I that was not it, not my strongest moment. But oh man, I, you know, you're like we said before, oh. you're all over the place anyway. And then someone comes in and tells you you're crazy, and that's why your legs aren't working. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't well, pretty. just the disappointment of like I have a new baby, and mm-hmm. I expected this to be so yeah, wonderful, right. and then oh, yeah. you're having to focus on why aren't my legs working? Yeah, for sure. What was interesting about it is she had some function, so she could like mm-hmm. tap her feet, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but she couldn't extend her leg. Like her quads weren't working. So clearly if your quads aren't working, you can't walk. You mm-hmm. can't stand up. And then she had like numbness down on the lower leg and up on her thighs. You had some interesting nerves sensation, but you didn't have a ton of like neuropathy pain, did you? No, which some women have the neuropathy. Looking back was like, a total blessing in the mm-hmm. storm from the Lord that I didn't because that's what everybody kept telling me. The neurologist that I, mm-hmm. they all were saying like, you're probably going to have a lot of pain. This is going to be really painful and we may have to do some medications and which I heard are all which when you can high side effects. A lot yes. of pain from the nerves nerve damage. being damaged. Okay. So can you give us a little conclusive summary of what actually medically happened? So I feel like the anesthesia say, finally. Yes. So the anesthesia, yes, they came in because at first we were like, did something get severed? Did mm-hmm. Obviously, she had an epidural. Had an epidural did something. And essentially what the MRI proved is that that did not happen. Okay. And so it was an unfolding of kind of questions and answers from all sorts of different people. Mm -hmm. But essentially what happened is what we think (laughs) is that I pushed for so long for about three hours and my legs were in that hyperflex position. And for whatever reason, the size of my baby, the way I'm wired, the way I'm built, as I was doing that, I had those nerves, that big nerve that runs through your legs that makes your legs work. I had them pinched off and did not know that I was doing that to myself because I had an epidural. So she had femoral nerve compression. Well, a lot of women will get it unilateral. So they'll get one leg. So it's really rare to get both. Okay. So because she was, her hips were hyperflexed and in the abduction, she was like that for what? Two and a half, three hours. Mm -hmm. So those nerves essentially went to sleep. Hmm. And medically nerves take a really long time to wake up. I mean, some people it's six months, sometimes it's two years, sometimes it's never. Mm And so, and you said rare, like this like is one percent that this <laughs> yeah. happens. You said one percent, and I said of what? <laughs> you said women. <laughs> yes, of women. Like this is really rare mm-hmm. occurrence that somebody has femoral neuropathy or femoral nerve compression from postpartum. I've seen it a couple of times with people who have been in the retractors for like a total hip or something will get it, but they'll just get a little numbness or you know. Mm-hmm. So they finally came up with. She had femoral nerve compression from being in the stirrups for so long, and it wasn't due to the epidural. The epidural caused her no damage, although had she been able to feel some pain, Mm -hmm. she might not have pushed through as long as she did, essentially. But this didn't Mm -hmm. just last two or three days. No. So kind of the whole story, I was in the hospital for seven-ish days, as best I can remember, and I finally, to be completely frank, threw a big fit and was like, I need 
out of here. Mm-hmm. They really weren't doing much. No. Physical therapy was coming in a little. Right? Yeah. It just at that point, they had kind of done what they could do for me. And obviously, I had the support and people with the knowledge around me to further what we needed to do or mm-hmm. figure out which is what we did. So I left. And once again, like you create these images in your head of leaving the hospital with mm. your baby and you're walking out and you have on your skinny pants and all these things. <laughs> well, and none of those did I get. Mm-mm. I left in a wheelchair, bawling my eyes out. Because um, once again, we create these perfect, beautiful right. images and none of which I got. And then we got in the car. My husband is a total wreck. Our baby screamed the whole way home. And the newborn baby supposed to sleep all the way home from the hospital. <laughs> Ours didn't, which just added to the escalating emotions that were around us. Mm-hmm. So we got home and kind of from there, we just started trying to figure out what we needed to do next. Whitney mm-hmm. worked so hard doing a ton of research to figure out what would be best for me to be doing. And I went and consulted with another neurologist and that's where we kind of got the answer as far as he tested my legs out, which essentially was like using a human cattle prod (laughs) on every nerve in your leg Mm -hmm. and until I could feel it. And so I did that and he was such a nice man and he, I'll never forget. He looked at me and he smiled and he said, you have really bad nerve damage. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I said, thank you. And he said, but the good news is, is you're healthy, but the bad news is that nerves take a really long time to heal. And the way he referenced it was that it's like watching grass grow Mm -hmm. and I think they they say like a centimeter a day, essentially, in a healthy person Mm -hmm. is the nerve regeneration you'll get. So I'm really long-legged. So I was thinking (laughs) a centimeter a day. And so he said, I'm going to say approximately two years. Oh, gosh. And, and you're essentially and point, paralyzed. She mm-hmm. was. You did. Had you started with the walker yet? Because if she, she yes. locked her knees, she could shuffle. Yes. With the mm-hmm. walker. So essentially, I didn't have any kind of like they call it a gate, right? Like I'm walking. Yes. I didn't have any of that. But I learned um, that if I got up and locked my and knees, locked knees, I could kind of in a weird sort of way shuffle and hold on to a walker right. and get around. And so, yes, I shuffled into the neurologist at that point. And I will never forget when he said, you know, it was like I had an answer, but it was definitely not an answer oh, no. that I wanted. And I told him, I said, respectfully, I do not have two years. Mm-hmm. I have a life and I have a newborn baby. Yeah. And and you have a full life. I do. And a lot of responsibilities. And yeah. as a side note, you kind of mentioned that Bo, your husband, when you got in the car, mm-hmm. leaving the hospital, kind mm-hmm. of lost it. So this isn't the first time that he's dealt with someone he loved. Um having trouble walking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, or specifically my husband and his brother and their dad have a clear picture on what life looks like not being able to walk. My mother-in-law has MS and she is incredible. I Mm -hmm. mean, I, I don't, I say now, especially what I've been through, I do like, I do not fathom her day-to-day reality Mm -hmm. and the joy she has yes. is amazing. So yes, my husband had a very clear picture of because um, she's in a wheelchair. Yes, she is in a wheelchair. And what's crazy too is she literally had a prayer train going of ladies in her Bible study group, um, whom obviously I don't know them all or whatever, mm-hmm. but they were praying around the clock for me to be able to walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just 
And she doesn't walk at all. No. Mm-hmm. I also would like to say it does not stop that lady. No. <laughs> she is no. busier than me, serves the Lord harder than me, and shops more than me. I mean, all, mm. all of it. And yeah, so she's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a light for sure. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was. I'm sure a lot was going through your head. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. For sure. I um, felt horrible for Bo. You could tell him he paced those hospital halls. Just mm-hmm. paced. Yeah. Because I can't imagine what was going through his mind. He has his mom and now his wife. He has a new baby. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine. Mm-hmm. So. Sweet Bo. I know. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a, a theme throughout this whole story is just all of our family, all of our friends. My mother quit her job, hmm. literally, mm-hmm. because we had no other choice. Mm. We, obviously, my husband needed to keep his. Mm-hmm. I couldn't physically work. And my mom moved in with us, wow. took me to physical therapy every day. Mm-hmm. And ended up having, she'll say she had had what? Yeah, we, <laughs> we think her rotator cuff was torn from the hearing on the, the, um, the baby. Car and, seat. Even and the car me. seat around everywhere. And Marlissa, yeah. Yeah. So just all the people, my, our life group, our Mm -hmm. close family, people we didn't even know, you know, it's just, it's, is one of those stories, like take the casserole to the person you barely know, because Mm -hmm. it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the casserole, you know, like (laughs) it just isn't like send the text, send the card, do the things. I mean, that's definitely one thing that stuck with me is like, I may barely know the person. It may be a little uncomfortable, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what it's about. You right. know, it's not about the relationship that's there or isn't there, but it's about someone hurting mm-hmm. and being there for them in whatever way you can be. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, like I could sit here this entire time and list people and talk about people, our pastor from church coming to the hospital and praying. I mean, I, I mean, like I have a million and one stories. Mm-hmm. And so I can't explain the love that was shown to our family mm-hmm. at all. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten through it. What were some of sure. the everyday things that were really difficult that you kind of had to figure <laughs> out ways to, to do uh, it? Everything. Yeah. I couldn't carry my baby. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I would have to really think through how, well, first they wouldn't leave me alone, obviously with <laughs> just me and my baby, because I physically couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. One of the, big moments that too that stick out is um I was in the shower and my husband would sit here and definitely tell you I'm really stubborn and maybe some <laughs> of this I've worked through or I'm not I don't know um, but I fell getting out of the shower because I didn't ask for help <laughs> to get out of the shower and you know anytime you are going through that and fall again or whatever it may mm-hmm. be um it triggers it all again and so I'm bawling and he's falling and mad at me that I try to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's one I really remember. Um, another one was when I, you know, I wanted to get back to everyday life so bad as much as I could. And I remember we were going to church and he like such a process, you know, and he was loaded and Braxton was loaded. And I was like, I'm good. I'm coming. Like, get in the car with him, you know, and I had like four or five steps. He had to pull the car out and I had my, I can't remember if I, the cane or the walker. Yeah. I got you I, the walker. Yeah. I kind of, then we kind of graduated the cane. Uh huh. And then I would not pick up the cane and just try to <laughs> go. <laughs> I think this was probably one Again, of those the stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. I think this was one of those moments. And so anyway, Bo's in the car loaded up, ready to go to church. And I just, 
Mm. Totally crashed to the ground in the driveway trying to get to church. So, of course, then it's the whole thing again. Um, but just stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, getting Braxton would be crying and being a swing and I would be even across the living room and I couldn't walk over to him. So I would scoot or I wouldn't trust myself to carry him. So mm-hmm. he would like be in a bouncer thing or whatever. And so I would like sit on the ground and like <laughs> pull mm-hmm. it or however I could. And we brought a stroller in the house mm-hmm. when I got a little more stable. So I would put him in the stroller and essentially act as a walker yeah. for me. So I could hold the stroller and push and him. push him. Yeah. And get where Multitasking. I Multitasking. Yes. Uh, Lily, my oldest niece, she bought me a basket for my walker. I remember that. <laughs> was it purple? Or? It was yes. like princess or something. Um, because that was an issue too. You know, like I'd want to get up and go to the kitchen to fix a drink or something and mm-hmm. couldn't. Because right. I needed two hands to hold on or whatever the case may be. So, so Whit, you're up close and personal to all of this. What did you see from your perspective? You know, I feel like I'm probably more of an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> but Marlissa was very strong, but she was quiet. She was the most quiet I've ever seen her. And sometimes that silence scares the fire out of you, out of somebody that you've never. And mm-hmm. she was, she was not negative. She wasn't like not joyful, but I'm sure just quiet. She mm-hmm. was really quiet. They remember there was nights they'd come over for dinner and she would just sit there, you know, and that's not Marlis. I mean, no. she's the life of the party, mm. talks to everybody. And so, um, you know, I remember just, I haven't walked in her shoes. So mm-hmm. I've walked in shoes to know what it's like to go to bed one night and your body's working perfectly and wake up the next night and it's not functioning like it was the day mm-hmm. before. So I knew that part of it, but mm-hmm. I physically did not know what it was like. So it was hard to find words and be encouraging. And because at the end of the day, I haven't walked in her shoes. Right. And you, you didn't know? know how long this was going to last. No. And from a medical standpoint, I'm, when I'm going to tell you, it was so scary because not a lot of people knew what this was or what we needed to do. There really wasn't. A, I mean, I was even just looking before we came that there's like a webpage of only 50 women in the United States that have blogged on this happening. So to not be able to walk and to not know a definite answer mm-hmm. and, you know, the confusion that was coming with it. So, you know, I think that she was very strong. She was very dedicated, though. Like, she never gave up on nursing Braxton. You know, she mm-hmm. was like, and that's awful for your mm-hmm. first kid. I mean, you're it's just not it's awful. What you <laughs> it's so painful. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> and she just plowed through. Like, she was going to be the best mom to Braxton. She was going to give him what he needed despite mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. lack I will say that I kind of, you look back at the Lord organizing steps and I had just switched jobs probably a year or two prior. And I think back and I really was unsure about this job and and it's ended up being amazing. But through this, I had just made a contact with a physical therapist Mm -hmm. who I will be honest with you. I don't think there's very many in Tulsa that Mm -hmm. would have. And so the fact that I was able to contact him and I said, Hey, my sister-in-law, do you know what this is? And she, and he immediately was like, oh yeah, she's lost strength to her quadricep. She can't flex her knees. She has lost the sensation. He named off every symptom. He said, I know exactly what this is and I'll get her better. Mm. And so, but it also took her and her mom getting her there, but I mean, what, three times a week, four times a week? Yeah. So that was kind of the it was grind a hard road. after the mm-hmm. initial like what is this? What has happened? Now we figured it out. Whitney's figured out who I need to, whose hands I need to be in. And 
I, of course, always say the Lord healed me, but he used yes, this man's hands 100%. to do so. Well, isn't that just like God to where he orchestrates? That's what mm-hmm. so many things in our breath comes from him and mm-hmm. our, I mean, like us being able to move our bodies comes from him, yeah. but yet he doesn't call us to sit like a bump on a log. Like mm-hmm. we are called to take next steps. I didn't mean that to be a weird pun. We are called to play a yeah. part and to work and to trust him. And that's kind of where the faith comes in. For sure. And I do want to know, as you were going through all this, what were you thinking in terms of your faith? Like, were you mad? Ooh. Were you disappointed? Were you just confused? Were you frustrated? What were you feeling? Um, I think it probably went through phases, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I recognized that God was doing something Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what. And to be honest with you, I still don't clearly know what it it changes, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing it all up again to talk to you today. I was thinking about, man, but I learned this and it taught Mm -hmm. me that and it, it's crazy. And so I don't feel like my faith wavered, Mm -hmm. but I definitely was seeking him really hard Mm -hmm. and asking really hard questions and he was there, mm-hmm. you know, I have told a lot of people that sometimes the hardest part were the nights. Mm. Um, I think that's where for me and when I was going through, I think it was a couple of things. That's when I did experience some pain. Mm-hmm. I would get steel mm-hmm. and you would focus on it and I would just feel so attacked at night. And I remember I would wake Bo up a lot, which it's like we have a newborn baby. Why are you waking me up? <laughs> Everybody's sleeping. But I would wake him up and just just tell him, like, just hold me. I just mm-hmm. like I don't need anything, but just hold me. Mm-hmm. Because I like I don't even know how to explain the sensation, but just something mm-hmm. rustling mm-hmm. with you. I think those are those moments where the enemy's gonna try to yeah. take your yeah, suffering. Oh, he was and there. Draw you sure. farther away, you know, instead of yeah. the Lord working out the good. I remember though, after she was walking, and this was a long process, mm-hmm. but I do remember her perspective on life mm-hmm. was totally different. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She was just like, I mean, I, you know, I can walk. Like, that's no, you know, like, I feel like she is good about not having her phone, you know, sitting down with the kid, things that probably came and she may not even realize, but Mm -hmm. that it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. because I know what it's like to not walk Mm -hmm. overnight, you know, things that we take for granted. Yes. Yes. So I should probably say as well that when you hear my story that it does, I guess in on a high, I obviously am walking, but there are things to be said for stories that don't necessarily have the same ending Mm -hmm. and the Lord is working in them just as much, if not more. My mother-in-law, like we mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. and the Lord uses it all Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I got my ending. Mm -hmm. I do not know, but I'm waking up every day Mm -hmm. and hopefully using it for the Lord. And you do have a different perspective now. I do have a different perspective on life for sure. Um, I think it did lead me to slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. and recognize it's not all going to get done. It doesn't all need to get done. That maybe the checklist that you have in front of you is not the one you should for the day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard for everybody to recognize. But 
I definitely would say that the Lord is using it mm-hmm. and working through people and all of their stories. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Whether you go through something difficult and you have a happy ending mm-hmm. or whether your circumstance maybe isn't as ideal as you planned in your mm-hmm. head. And we all have those, right? Things mm-hmm. that don't go as planned. Mm-hmm. Somehow in those hard moments, like with what you went through, I mean, we were all praying so hard. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I wasn't as up close and personal as Whitney, but that your faith was intact and you were so dedicated and you were still joyful, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some days <laughs> you, well, were. you were, I mean, overall, I was amazed at how mentally strong she was during that. Yeah. Because you never yeah. know. I mean, any of us today, we could leave here right. and something mm-hmm. could go crazy. Mm-hmm. Like none of us are promised anything. Mm-hmm. And so to see how you did handle it and to see how your family did rally around you and do whatever you needed, I mean, was mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, I um, found, like I said, as things have carried on, just different things that stick with me. Um, one of the main scriptures that my sister-in-law, I don't know if you even remember this, but she put it on a bracelet for me, which goes back to what I was saying, like make the bracelet, cook the casserole, whatever <laughs> it means, because it sticks with people and it gets them through things. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I gave her this verse. I can't remember how it came about, but it's Psalm 73, 26. It says, my Flesh and my heart may fail, mm-hmm. but God is the strength of my heart. Can't even finish. <laughs> and my portion forever. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like the Lord had to slow me down and remind me, He is my portion, mm-hmm. not not the world, mm-hmm. not the legs that move me, and just what a beautiful reminder of it all. Mm-hmm. I cling to that still every day. I want to be a warrior for the Lord. That's kind of been my word lately. And we have the grit for it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the thing too, is you just have to remember that he, that we said this other day at church in the warrior, which I highly encourage people to go back and listen to that. But he didn't say he would get us through it. Mm -hmm. He said he'd be with us. Yeah. And I think for the first time in my life, that was the big thing with what I went through is nobody knew what the end looked like. Right. But mm-hmm. I was in it. Mm-hmm. I had no choice. So sometimes you're in stuff and you got to make it what you want it. Yes. And it's not pretty and mm-hmm. it's ugly. And mm-hmm. I look back and Whitney says I was faithful and I look back and analyze things I could have done better or said better or been nicer or. And that's just working on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what you've gra- been through. It's just grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. I think I always think of, I don't know if it was Craig or somebody who's always said, you know, you pray for the supernatural, you pray for the healing, but you do what's natural. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I feel like she was like a, you know, she, we were praying for healing and we wanted it fast. Of course. But she kept doing everything she could in her physical strength to get healed. Mm-hmm. And so I think God honors that faith, but you also have to. I think in your story too, work. though, so you talk about walking through anxiety, you're talking about being temporarily paralyzed or mm-hmm. crippled. And, you know, you had a crippling anxiety, but I feel like you did that as well. That yes, we pray for the supernatural. We pray for God to do what only he can do, but he's given us a brain. Like mm-hmm. we do what we mm-hmm. can do. We do the natural. And I think both of you have been faithful to just keep praying, seeking God, but then taking those next steps and asking questions mm-hmm. and admitting moving forward when it's moving, hard, yeah. you know, yeah. saying mm-hmm. this 
sucks. Like I yeah. can't do this alone. And I was going to ask you, is that hard for someone who does so much and is always going in a busy bee to feel mm-hmm. kind of helpless and to feel like I literally cannot do this oh, alone? For mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I feel like I started motherhood, motherhood as a failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you and, didn't. But that's how it felt. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it felt that way. And I remember in physical therapy, one of the biggest challenges towards the end, he said, okay, go get your baby. Hmm. And I was like, (laughs) excuse me. And he said, go get your baby. You're going to walk this room and you're going to hold him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I mean, I got so emotional Mm -hmm. because I just thought I am like, that is a bad idea. First off, (laughs) because I am not ready for this. And so but then he it thought was, you were. He thought I was. And everybody around me probably and thought I was. This guy's personality, we don't even talk about what a phenomenal PT he is, but his personality could not have fit her more perfect, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. what she needed in that time. So yeah. that was even neat to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just, I mean, I, I have a video of it. Mm-hmm. Of you so carrying breath. So you were walking with him for the yes. first time. Yeah, I remember getting it. Yes. I was like at work. <sighs> Weeping. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I think you sent it to me. I do. I, I probably, I probably mass texted out to him. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we've been praying for a long time, you know? Yeah. And we had seen progression. It wasn't like yeah. she was just, you know, it was walker Absolutely. to a cane to, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, for someone who that was had, pretty awesome, who was active your whole life, who had danced mm-hmm, your whole mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Movement is a love language yes. of mine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do that better, obviously, than speaking or lots of things. That's how I that's how I praise the Lord. I was like, the, like I said, I, this has been on my mind lately. And like, mm-hmm. it's a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that was huge. And I still, like she said, I have that video in days where I feel like I'm not moving forward and I'm stagnant and sometimes I need to watch it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or read the scripture or whatever, because I am moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's all it, all it takes and right. you don't, you don't have to know it all or know what you need to do next or whatever the case may be. But I just put your feet on the floor, mm-hmm. get out of bed right, and do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what are some things that you took for granted in your past life before you went through this that now you're like, I am so just grateful for this? Oh, um, work, mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, there is beauty in work. And I think days where I think, oh, this is hard. Sure. This is physical or I don't want to be here or whatever the case may be. I still was able to mm-hmm. I put my feet on my floor on the floor. Walked, took my kids to school, got mm-hmm. to work. I work in a rolly chair. I can <laughs> manage the rolly chair. Mm-hmm. You know, just there are days that I have to remind myself, okay, check yourself. Mm-hmm. You get to do this. You get to. You get to do this. Yeah. Um. So for sure that, carrying my kid around or. Right. Well, and just, I, you may have this too, but I mean, even the anxiety that comes with having your second. You know, I mean, oh yeah, I was that's about a to whole ask, yeah. nother. <laughs> so you dare to get pregnant again? Yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe it sounds crazy, but I well through all of the initial my first child, and um, my husband made it very clear that we were done. Mm-hmm. He couldn't live through it again. Wasn't going to. We we're, you know, on the men's at that point. And you just said, it's, it's not worth it to me. We've been blessed with Braxton and this is our life. 
you know, mm-hmm. and my heart, like I, I knew, I knew in the midst of all of the junk that I wanted another child. Mm. And the Lord told me that then that I knew I wanted another baby. And I just prayed that he would change both heart. I knew it would obviously both heart would need to be changed. <laughs> and so <laughs> going to need to send an angel. Yeah, Lord. And then I, I told him, I said, I want another kid. And he said, okay. And what's even funnier is he's the one that wants all the kids now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 20. And, so, and Marla yeah. said they walk by each other and they get pregnant. They will, they will yeah. say that's, that's a blessing. They yeah, have luckily been sure. blessed and talked about it and it happened. So yeah. you got pregnant with your second yeah. little girl. And then even through my whole pregnancy, um, everybody's like, are you, are you nervous? Like, mm-hmm. is this going to happen again? Did they know? Um, did you ever think maybe I'll have a C-section instead? Or not um, really. Lots of people did, but that no, was we did a, a lot of researching yeah. and thinking through and what would be. But the, it was a fluke deal, right? Like, yes. And anybody you talk to would tell her this won't happen again. Like we know what to do now to prevent it. We pretty much know what caused it. It was the mm-hmm. compression, but you still can't tell somebody that mm-hmm. that's lived that's, through it's that. Really not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you get an epidural? No. No, she I, refused. I, I refused. That and honestly, was... several of the doctors really were trying to get her to get one. Yeah. So interesting. You <laughs> wanted to feel the pain to know. I did. I wanted, I wanted the portion that I could control in my control. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't think twice about it. Wouldn't mm-hmm. tell you? I didn't. No, I just she said, really, and you were really, I felt like she was peaceful. Yeah, I was. Pregnancy. A, a weird, a weird yes. type of peaceful. Yes. To like be during complete, labor? Yeah. Well, just the whole process. Oh, like I said, constantly, you know, I, I work in the public. And so all, all of my patients know what I went through. So everybody, well, oh, you're pregnant again. Like, are you, are you going to have a C-section? How are you going to do this? Are you, is the same thing going to happen again? Are you nervous? And I just would say, you know, like the Lord's giving me peace about mm, it. Like deep down. That. And it's the first time I probably will say I've had peace that, that I don't understand why? and nobody else around me does. Wow. Cause why would I, why would you? Yeah. She really did. I? It, I, she did. Really did. I just, I didn't think twice about it. And I knew that I wanted to have my second child completely natural. Like I said, and control what I could control. And that's what I did. They kept encouraging her to just do a C-section, but she was like, I don't want any form of numbness in my mm-hmm. legs ever again. Like, if you end up having to do an emergency C-section, okay, but right. I'm going to go in this. That's what I had to do with my, with Allie. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that the thought of feeling mm-hmm. my legs numb again is more terrifying in me mm-hmm. than delivering naturally. Right. You know? Um, and right. also I'd like to add, I'm not some like heroic woman, like <laughs> that just does that sort of thing. So still get your epidurals, but um, I just. Right. But, I'm not saying yeah, don't right, get epidurals. Right. Yeah. I just. I, my back was against the wall or that's mm-hmm. the way I felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't think twice about it. And that's what I did. So how was labor? I, and this is where I get like kind of, I don't know if weird's the appropriate word, but it was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Like I, all, all of it, it was really, really neat. And I just, that was another way of the Lord blessing me mm-hmm. on the backside that I got to do that. And mm-hmm like you said, feel it all and know everything that was happening. And then it was fast too. Like, cause fast. I was going to get to be in the room. I was yeah. so excited thinking, okay, this will be much better than the last time. And I mean, we didn't even make it. Yeah. Wow. So it was, so how, how long after you delivered, did you hop up and go oh, to the bathroom? No, everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, everybody's like, okay. Uh, you, yeah. We're all, all 
Yes, yeah, they all happens. wanted me up and out of bed very quickly. Yeah. And you did. I did. And but what she it, knew yeah. too. I mean, you could oh, move. Yeah. She knew immediately. Her legs like, are fine. Oh, yeah. What did that feel like? Oh, it, yeah. I mean, thank you doesn't even justify it. Yeah. You know, it just, um, everybody has high highs and mm-hmm. low lows. And like we always talk about, like I went back and my you version, I didn't even realize it did this, but it like dates when you highlight mm-hmm. certain scripture. And if you look through the month of, um, it would have been August. So the month initially after I had Braxton, the scripture, like it makes my heart just hurt. Like how I was just mm-hmm. clinging, mm-hmm. clinging, you know, mm-hmm. and, but man, so cool. Mm-hmm. And something I'm so proud of mm-hmm. now. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, for Braxton will be five this summer and Reese is here now and the glory and all of that and just so cool so mm-hmm. blessed in a weird way are you glad that you went through it 100 mm. percent. it's who I am mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. it's definitely one of those things like I kind of kind of jokingly say I have PTSD from it or there mm-hmm. are parts I kind of remember or don't, I don't remember doubt it. Mm-hmm. um but there was me before that and then there was me mm-hmm. after that. And not just me, my marriage, mm-hmm. my relationship with people um, that were there going through it with me, for sure. Mm. For sure. Wow. It's a big part of my testimony. And it, just like we were talking about everybody's stories and different things, it gives you a platform. Mm-hmm. I have patients that come in to have their teeth clean and they say, oh, I have all this neuropathic pain. And I say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Crazy story. <laughs> Crazy story. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know? Mm-hmm. And then it gives them some perspective, not in a bad way, but I just say, hey, like I, I can relate. Oh, girl. Been there. It gave us all perspective because mm-hmm. it could be any of us. Yeah. yeah. And someday I haven't obviously Braxton's four, almost five, and I haven't told him the story yet. So I know I'll jokingly probably use it someday that you... <laughs> Like you uh, paralyzed me, so you better do big things for the Mm -hmm. Lord. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, And so someday I know I'll get to Bo, and I'll get to enjoy that. Just sharing it with him, and because it was the beginning of his story too. It's Mm -hmm. true, and we got through it together. Wow. So yeah. Oh, crazy town, crazy. Yeah. So there's this song. I don't know if this song is new or old or, but it, like I said, this is something that's obviously weaved through my life and I hear things and they stick with me and remind me of that time. So there's this song, it's called Warrior mm-hmm. by Hannah Kurt. It's an amazing song. And kind of through this, another thing, which Pastor Craig has always pushed people, but to create kind of mantras for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I that has kind of become a thing for me, for my kids, for myself. And this is like an excerpt from that song, a little verse from that song. Mm-hmm. And it says, every scar on my skin is a beautiful reminder of a moment when I didn't give in. And I walked through the fire. That's so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and good. that was my fire. And the other thing mm-hmm. is, I stand here and I know there'll be another because mm-hmm. right. this is not our home mm-hmm. right and so i pray a lot that i'm more prepared for the next one mm-hmm. so if you're in a fire there's another side there's mm-hmm. the other side and if you're not not in a negative way but you're gonna be yeah uh-huh. or someone for close sure. to you is yeah and be prepared be prepared be in the word be mm-hmm. praying do the things and 
And if someone you know is in the fire, take them a casserole. Totally. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Is it Levi Lesko that says train for your trials? Wasn't I think him? so. I think so. Always be training for your trials. It's so true. I mean, I one of my friends, she had a job where she was close to the physical therapist. Her name's Missy. And she, when it got to where towards the end and I could drive again, mm-hmm. but I obviously couldn't take my baby to physical therapy, mm-hmm. but my husband had to work, you know, this whole thing of schedules, <laughs> everybody relates to that. I would drop Braxton off to my friend that was a couple of blocks down the road and she would babysit. Mm-hmm. So I could go to physical therapy and then picking back a good up. friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it's crazy just the all the people that it took mm-hmm. to physically get me back up on my feet again. Literally. Yeah. And now you are. Yes. You I was are. scrolling through my phone. It's been a while. And of course, she'll remember this picture. But there's a picture of her leaving. I don't know if she was leaving the hospital. She wasn't. She left oh, in a wheelchair. I remember this. Oh, I, I probably repo- mass that out I, too. <laughs> We're <laughs> talking about the picture with all, with so all the she guys. Has- you know, her husband mm-hmm. and then Roy, her dad, and then my husband. And they're all three on one side of the walker. And it just was one of those moments. Where, and I know that not every person is fortunate enough to have a dad mm-hmm. who's alive or whatever. But it was just a picture, like when I look at that, of how important it is to have that village around you to legitimately carry you wow. when you cannot walk. Mm-hmm. Because it is going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she said. And like you said, whoever it is, whoever your whoever village is. it is. Exactly. You know, we have some friends that live far away from family. And so their friends are their family. Whoever is in your circle. If you don't have those friends in your circle, then be intentional and knock on some doors mm-hmm. and find those people. And it's not people. easy. I will add, we've been there. My husband and I, when we first got married and moved to Tulsa, I mean, we tried life groups out like underwear. Mm-hmm. Right. So did we. We did. Mm-hmm. Had a hard time yep. too. And so I also don't want to create the picture that it's easy, mm-hmm. you know, it's you, a good have point. To, you have to be intentional. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You we always put say the work date in. friends or date life, like figure out, mm-hmm. like you said, don't be afraid mm-hmm. to keep trying mm-hmm. to keep going. Yeah. And then once you get those people also don't be afraid when it does get harder, isn't perfect. Don't feel like, oh, well, I have the wrong group. No, you, you just keep pressing in. Yeah. So. One of the things I consistently see in in what I do every day is the people that are suffering or going through suffering that go through it well have a village. And the ones who do the best clearly have a relationship with the Lord. And it is a black and white line. Wow. It is a black and white line. The ones that come in and they're suffering with cancer or whatever, and they have a village and they have a relationship, they are going through it so much more beautifully. And I'm not going to say they're not having days. Oh, sure. We're human. We're flesh. But. It is something that in my 12 years has been a, like a light bulb of Mm. you truly can tell a difference, a black and white. The ones that don't know the Lord, their lives are in shambles. They're searching, they're grasping, they can't figure out, can't, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I think going back to that verse that you read, and I'm probably Mm -hmm. not going to say it perfectly, but my flesh and my heart may fail. And the truth is our flesh will Will fail. fail. It Mm -hmm. will, Mm -hmm. but he is our portion forever, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like you talked about a piece that went beyond understanding with Mm -hmm. your second pregnancy, like, why did you have a piece? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Even when we lose loved ones, even when things are horrible, and I'm not saying we'll always have a piece that goes beyond understanding because there are some excruciating times. And I know that there are people going through that right now, but there is a deeper peace, even in the midst of the fire that, that doesn't go out. Mm -hmm. So 
All right. Well, before we run out of time, do you have any resources that you want us to know? So kind of what I've already referenced, Praying uh, Circles Around Your Children by Mark Batterson. That's the one kind of talking about praying and creating mantras for yourself. That one specifically is for your children. Mm. Super easy, tiny book um, that will inspire you about Mm -hmm. praying over your children. Mm -hmm. And then a book that I've loved and I think speaks to what I've been through is the book Present Over Perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being still and enjoying the stillness Mm -hmm. and creating the margin for it. Mm -hmm. Super good book. Mm -hmm. Read it once. I need to read it again because even though I was super still for a moment in my life, you still forget. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's something that I enjoy. And currently I am doing a, which Whitney is as well, the Seamless Bible Study. Yeah, by Angie Smith. Yes. Um, so I've just started that, but I it seems really cool. Something if you're looking to kind of connect the pieces a little bit. Um, of the Bible. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. all I got. So even though I walked through this with you, I've been even just so encouraged again today by hearing it. I know. So me too. Um, what's one more final word of encouragement you could give our listeners? Um, I think the main thing I would say is like we talked about, just keep moving forward, push, put in the work, put in the time, whatever it looks like for you, whatever you're going through. If you need to be in the word more, if you need to be praying more, don't we all? Just Mm -hmm. all of those things. If it's something physical, put your feet on the floor and be thankful you can and and do your work. I I think that's the biggest thing is do your part mm-hmm. and the Lord will do the rest. Amen. Mm-hmm. So good. Amen. Marlissa, you're awesome. <laughs> no, Ginger, you are. Whatever. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for having me. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Guys, whatever it is for you at this exact moment, whatever is trying to knock you down, whether it's some huge tragedy or just the everyday mundane, I know we can all learn and grow from Marlissa's perspective. You can find all the resources we talked about in the conversation notes on my website at jenjewel.com slash the messy table podcast, where you can join my personal email list and be the first to know when a new episode comes out every other Tuesday. You can also find us on Instagram, subscribe in Apple podcasts or Google play, and better yet, share this life-giving encouragement with a friend. Well, as always, thank you for meeting us here. Thank you for taking the time. And as you go about your week, remember... Yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.